Hello and welcome to the show. I'm Jason. And I'm Gina. And this week we are reviewing Borg McEnroe. directed by Janos Metz Pedersen, centers on the two titular characters, tennis greats Bjorn Borg and John McEnroe. The year is 1980. McEnroe is the new rising star of the tennis scene, and Borg is going for a never-before-accomplished fifth-straight Wimbledon title. The two were famously in contrast, with Borg, played by Svera Gudnason, being an ice-cold emotional vacuum, while McEnroe, played by Shia LaBeouf, was being a fiery tantrum-thrower on the court. Yet this film makes the case that ultimately these two have more in common than meets the eye, and it follows them through their 1980 Wimbledon, culminating in their famous men's singles final. Uh, so I have to say, for a film called uh, Borg McEnroe, it was really unfortunate that there wasn't more McEnroe in it. I know, it's, it's such a shame, because Shia both was fantastic in this. I mean, he's just so good. Um, and I think he's also playing the, the far more interesting character, mm. I mean, objectively. Um, and it's it's weird, but you know you can kind of tell that this is a Swedish film. You know, it was funded by the Swedish Film Institute primarily. I think um, in Sweden, it's just called Borg. Yep, very telling. Um, <laughs> so it is it is really kind of I, I think the marketing for this film has been a bit misleading because it leads you to believe that it's a bit of a fifty fifty story, but it's it really is a story about Bjorn Borg and you know McEnroe is kind of a, a background. Figure. And it's a Swedish film, and like 70% of the film is in Swedish. Yeah, that's the other thing you kind of, you should probably be aware to expect. Yeah. I totally thought it was a, yeah, an American film with just you know, the way it looked and the fact that Shia LaBeouf is in it and blah, blah, blah. I mean, even like uh, Stellan Skarsgård, who plays the, uh, the coach, I mean, he's basically like American in my eyes in a way because he sort of transitioned so hard into the U.S. cinema market with Yeah, it's kind films. of, in, it's interesting hearing him speak Swedish again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, but, but that was kind of a shame, uh, because I think this, this is a pretty good film in a lot of ways. It's, it's quite interesting. It does paint a very interesting portrait of both tennis players. Um, even though it focuses way more, I think on their personalities than it actually does on tennis. Like mm. that's, that's kind of weird. There's almost too much tennis and not enough tennis in this film. Yeah. It's amazing how I mean, this is some people, I guess, reviewing this calling like the greatest tennis film ever made. How many tennis films have yeah, there been? There haven't been many. And I mean, I think that if there is a film that concerns tennis, it uses tennis as like, I don't know, like a metaphor for something else or like a plot device. Yeah, and, like and, match point. And this film is kind of, uh, you know, it's supposed to be focused on tennis. But in a way, it also, again, it seems like tennis is kind of a, a side point. Yeah, and it, it doesn't. Um, yeah, what, what what I was saying before, sorry, was that yeah, it kind of paints this interesting portrait of the two of them, but it sort of makes two mistakes. It focuses on the character who is clearly less interesting to an audience who isn't Swedish, um, but it also doesn't focus at all on their tennis. And I, I'm not a huge fan of tennis by any means, but I was actually watching this and I was thinking the whole time like. I actually want you to educate me a little bit about this. Like, why why were they such good players? And, like, what was different about them? Because 
if you do follow tennis, you'd know that their styles were just like completely, mm. you know, they were polar opposites basically. But this film instead kind of focuses just on them having really different personalities. Yeah. Yeah, it is interesting because also, I mean, their their styles were very opposite and also their styles were very unique for the time even. And they were kind of, I think, part of this, you know, sort of reshaping of, of tennis that was mm. happening around the time. So, yeah, it is. Uh, I, I do also feel that um, I'd be interested to see how this goes over with um, U.S. audiences. Because I feel like tennis, maybe, I don't know, it doesn't feel like it's as big in the U.S. But um, I, the rules get quite confusing. And it's kind of interesting that they, they don't bother to really explain the somewhat complex ruling uh, scoring system in tennis. Because even I, like, sort of know generally how that works but i would at some point during the uh the final match i was a little bit lost in like just the the numbers and things happening and, and it makes it harder to kind of focus on like the actual yeah it's plot true of the it kind game. of seemed to imply a lot of uh prior knowledge about the game and about wimbledon specifically um yeah which was definitely kind of weird yeah so i think that the 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 final was um it had some good parts. It had some kind of, uh, you know, a little bit of the edge of your seat moment. But uh, ultimately, it, it didn't feel like it w- accomplished as much drama as that was clearly clearly going for. Um, so, yeah, in a way, like that, that felt like that could have been done a bit better somehow. Yeah, it, it seemed a little bit like um, they, you know, whoever was kind of doing the cinematography or the director maybe hadn't had that much experience actually filming sports or doing mm. sports films because... They seem to not really know how to how to present a game of of sport, a game of tennis mm-hmm. in particular. Like the editing, actually, maybe it's because we sort of saw this film again recently. But the editing reminded me a lot of that James Bond film, um, Quantum of Solace, yeah. which at the time was kind of criticized for having this very like choppy kind of editing style that that kind of would place action upon action. And this sort of does the same thing, and it's very unnerving, and it doesn't actually it totally like throws you out of the action rather than bringing you into it or having you engage with, with this game yeah. that's happening. I guess it is. Uh, tennis must be just a pretty hard sport to shoot. Um, like thinking about it, maybe just nobody's really figured out how to do it quite well. Cause yeah, you do sort of, it is like uh, the way they do it is you just get these little bits of uh, action that they sort of stitch together to make it look like it was, you know, one fluid thing. Like, you know, somebody serving and then mm. like they cut away and it's like somebody returning. And it's it doesn't have the same kind of uh, fluidity that you even feel if you just watch they it with a simple overhead. It's trying to make it a bit art house, but it, it did. At times it kind of came across as an airline commercial, you know, especially like when they do these kind of shots from the air in slow motion of somebody serving um, which seems like it would kind of be a good idea, but it just looks like, like terribly commercial somehow. Yeah. It doesn't, it seems like kind of like fake, fake artistry or something. Yeah. A bit, a bit odd. Um, I going back to the, the sort of, uh, the two characters, um, I do say, I, I do think that actually the, the Borg story was, um, kind of interesting and I think, you know, sort of tragic in its own way. Um, but yeah, I do man, I really wanted to see more of like the the McEnroe motivation and the McEnroe... Yeah, that, it's interesting because some of this, um, a lot of this film is about flashbacks, right? It's kind of like mm-hmm. at Wimbledon, then it's like looking at Borg's childhood, looking a little bit at McEnroe's childhood. 
But there's very little tennis in that. I mean, and definitely more for Borg. You know, his kind of backstory is that, well, he was kind of a hothead as well, but now it's sort of... Yeah, that was interesting. I like that. Surface. That was quite interesting. That. But but then the McEnroe backstory had almost nothing to do with tennis. It was like it's about like a, him doing maths problems yeah, at like, home. Like and... Bobby Fischer <laughs> turned tennis star. Yeah, you, you didn't get any, any of his motivation or, yeah, really his backstory. And actually, like, a lot of the, the present day stuff as well kind of i feel like it tried way too hard to paint these guys as opposites so you know whenever you were like on borg he's you know on the court like he's really concentrating he's like you know totally a wreck inside he's so focused on the tennis and then you like you cut to mackinac and he's sitting in his hotel room with like some chips in his lap (laughs) and watching television um which i'm not i'm not really sure that's that's kind of an accurate sort of portrayal like it seemed to kind of um be doing exactly what what the McEnroe character keeps criticizing the press for doing in the film which is you know just focusing on his personality and not on his tennis playing and that I think is like the sort of tragedy of McEnroe that makes him possibly like more interesting I mean I guess they both have a certain tragedy in in them but like I remember even I was talking with um a friend about this film that, that after we'd seen it and be like, oh, yeah, it's a, you know, this tennis film about, you know, Borg and McEnroe. And he's like, oh, yeah, I, I know the name McEnroe. Wasn't he the guy who, like, threw rackets and stuff? <laughs> and I was like, that's it. Like, that's the thing that makes McEnroe's story kind of tragic because he was, like, a, an amazingly great tennis player. Yeah, he but went yet, on to become number one. He was number one for ages. But then he just, uh, he ended up being this clown. And he kind of, he, you know, he, I think he's kind of come to terms with it now. Like, he still, he still plays and he still... Yeah, wears this kind of clown role um, a bit as like, you know, just for entertainment. But I, I'm not sure how tragic that is because I, I think when you actually, you know, if the point of, of being a, a tennis star or a sports star is to be remembered, you know, like nobody really remembers Borg now. Nobody remembers a lot of players who were just great. And that's that's actually kind of um, a scene I, I really liked in this film was that at one point uh, one of McEnroe's friends, his like tennis pro friend, sits, sits him down and he's like, I'm going to tell you something you know, you're a really great player, you're going to be world number one, but no one's going to remember you because nobody likes you. And Yeah, what an idiot. It's kind of weird. Like, it's, <laughs> it's the exact opposite in a way. Like, people do remember him. Yeah. And in a way, like, at the time, yeah, maybe he was booed for, you know, being really for rude being on court. Being ungentlemanly. But now there's something, you know, people look back on it, there's always something, like, not, not quite heroic, but something, you know, really interesting like about badass. that character. Yeah, yeah, he's like the badass rebel, you know, and people remember him for that, whereas, you know, great tennis players, I mean, they they come and go, you mm. know. You're great, and then you retire, and then someone else comes along, and they get all the attention, so... Yeah, that's yeah, true. I don't know, it doesn't, doesn't, seem, doesn't seem that bad. I mean, I don't feel sorry for the guy, <laughs> but... Yeah, but it is an interesting, an interesting story. Um, yeah, maybe we should uh, should leave it there. So, Borg McEnroe, check it out. Yeah, thanks for listening. Ciao.